0: How can a life review help patients? You are listening to ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me are Mimi Jenko and Lee Gonzalez, nurses and co-authors of the Journal of Hospice and Palliative Nursing article, Life Review with a Terminally Ill. Mimi is a clinical nurse specialist for palliative care at Lakeland Regional Medical Center in Lakeland, Florida. And Lee is a clinical nursing specialist in Lakeland, Florida. Mimi, welcome to the Clinicians Roundtable. Thank you so much. Lee, welcome. Thank you, Susan. Mimi, let's start with you. What is a life review?
1: Well, life review is a progressive return of memories and past experience, but it's beyond just simple reminiscence. It is in search of meaning and striving for emotional resolution. It's a chance to re-examine one's life, solve old problems, perhaps even make amends or restore harmony within a family.
0: Mimi, what are the roots? Of a life review
1: Life review draws heavily from the theories of gerontologist Dr. Robert Butler and from Eric Erickson, who is a lifespan developmental psychologist and it has roots in lifespan developmental psychology, which refers to changing structure over time. Many behavioral and psychological changes are associated with the journey from life to death. Previously, it was thought that you had adolescence and you stopped growing emotionally, and that is not the case. And this framework is based on the fact that development, or the theory, is based on the fact that development is lifelong. Behavior and the change processes occurring all the time throughout the life cycle.
0: Lee, describe the benefits of a life review. A patient may
2: benefit from life review in many ways, whether they're facing death as a result of their advanced age or whether it's as a result of a terminal illness. One major benefit of life review is that the process can assist the patient in coming to terms with their mortality, and they can then focus their physical, emotional, and spiritual energy on positive goals, on those things that they have left to look forward to, rather than focusing on the anxiety and the denial that oftentimes are
0: associated with death. Lee, what prompts a life review?
2: Well, obviously advancing age is one great prompt of life review, but a patient may even be more likely to engage in the process because they notice that their levels of function are declining due to an illness or because they're experiencing a period of a great personal transition, perhaps. The patient may all of a sudden realize that there's a limited amount of time left in their life and they often make a decision at that time to leave a legacy for their loved ones. This legacy may take many forms, such as explaining family traditions, relating previously untold stories, or communicating personal information to their family members and friends.
0: Mimi, tell us about the 56-year-old woman you profile in your 2007 Journal of Hospice and Palliative Nursing article titled Life Review with the Terminally Ill.
1: This was such a poignant exchange, Susan. It, it just rings in my heart and my mind for many years after the exact event. This was a woman who had end-stage renal disease. She was weary of dialysis and fully intending to die at home. And then I think she got frightened and scared and maybe hurting and and presented to the ED. And immediately she told the staff she did not want further dialysis. And so hospice was consulted. And at that time I was a hospice admissions nurse and was called in to evaluate the appropriateness of hospice services. Based on her BUN and creatinine levels, I knew she would never make it home. So I felt like I had this one-shot deal, this one opportunity to make a difference The present at the interview was a son, her only son, who had been estranged for many years. And what I was trying to create was that healing space to allow her to pass feeling like she had repaired that breach. And I asked an initial question of what part of yourself would you like to leave with the ones who you love and the ones who love you? And that started a nearly two-hour discussion, a lot of sharing, a lot of crying, going back and telling stories. And the son, after we left the room, admitted to me that many things about her life he didn't know, and now he understood some of the decisions that she made based on those stories. Where if she hadn't done that, that death would have occurred, that relationship would have been breached forever it was a very powerful two hours.
0: Lee, tell us more about the difference between reminiscence and life review.
2: Well, I'm sure that many people consider them to be the same or may feel that they are probably the same because they are both involved with a person's past and bringing up past memories and working through past memories. But reminiscence is considered to just be an attempt to simply recapture these past memories, and life review is a much more systematic and structured process. Life review tends to occur when one is faced with a critical future decision, such as very important end-of-life issues. And life review involves a rethinking and restructuring of the past so that you can more effectively deal with your future. In the process of life review, people may ask questions such as, who am I, how did I live my life, and what would I do differently? And also, life review has very specific goals for the patient, which include the attempt to find meaning in their life and the achievement of resolution of their life. These types of self-questions and goals would involve a much more in-depth rethinking of the past than just the simple recall of events that is
1: normally seen and reminiscent.
0: Mimi, how long does a life review take?
1: Well, I had a former statistics professor that used to say it depends, and truly it does depend. If you take from, again, go back and look at the gerontological roots of life review, it can proceed over many weeks or many months, a little bit at a time. The challenge with the terminally ill, especially in hospice or in a critical situation in the hospital, is that you don't have the luxury of that kind of time. Like the woman with end-stage renal disease, I knew probably in all my heart I would never see this woman again. So I had... A short amount of time to dig deep and to really do the work. I think it takes at least an hour and a half to two hours to really bond with a family to go in. You never want to feel or have them feel like you're rushed in this review. It brings up very poignant, often very painful memories and that kind of sharing of stories needs to be done very gently. And so I would stress that it's definitely not something that you can do in a 30-minute quick kind of thing. It's definitely... Minimum of an hour and a half of two hours.
0: Mimi, how is a life review documented?
1: Well, again, what I do is document in very broad sweeps that a life review occurred. Again, you're going back and looking at the content. Often it's very painful, very poignant, sometimes very controversial. And the purpose I think every clinician needs to keep in their mind is that this is a therapeutic tool. This is for the purpose of healing, of reconciliation, maybe for the family and for the patient. And uh, that intent always needs to be in the forefront. So you take these intimate stories, and I never put in detail in the medical record these intimate stories. Again, I just broad sweep it because I think there's a confidentiality there that needs to be honored. You want other members of the healthcare team to know what's going on, but maybe not necessarily all the gritty detail.
0: Mimi, what's your response to healthcare professionals who may fear that in the last days or hours of life they don't have time for a life review?
1: That could be a two pronged thing. Maybe they don't want to make the time because they're uncomfortable with it, and certainly learning more about life review, you can see it can be a very effective therapeutic tool, even if there's limited time. I had the pleasure of hearing Dr. Ira Biok, who's one of the leading palliative physicians in the country, speak on this very topic, and he warns against the lure, and that's what he called it, the lure of using a lack of time as an excuse for not doing core clinical work and alleviating emotional suffering is core clinical work, and it does take effort and time to create a space where healing can happen, even if you just have an hour to go deep when time is short. There's a wonderful book written by Beverly Hall called The Art of Becoming a Nurse Healer, and she advises practitioners to, and I'm going to quote her, listen for the small spark that heralds a beginning positive attitude and lend his or her strength, the practitioner's strength, to support the healthy part of the patient. You search for ways to convey to the patient, I'm in this battle with you. And maybe at this point in a patient's journey, it's not a physical battle towards healing, but it can definitely be an emotional or spiritual battle towards healing. And so I have I've seen numerous case examples where I have had a one-time exposure with a family, maybe an hour, maybe two, and we've done some deep clinical work, a lot of good healing. So. I think definitely, even though time is short, healing can happen.
0: Mimi and Lee, thank you so much for joining us to discuss life review with the terminally ill.
1: Thank you so much, Susan, for having
0: us. Thank you. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions at ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of the ReachMD library. Thank you for listening.